0: G'day, my name's James, and welcome to another episode of the f one show. In this episode, we are going to be pre-drinking ahead of the Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona. And I'm joined by the OG team of f oh, one because one Tommy T cannot figure out how to pack recording equipment, so I'm joined by the most handsomest bearded men in the world. It's Campy. Hello, my man.
1: Thank you, good sir. How are you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm good. We get to do the OG stuff, which is fantastic. Um, it also means that Tommy T is going to listen what? to this episode for once, because he's not in it.
1: It's uh, also what the fans want to hear, so uh, the Discord <laughs> chat's been saying, get rid of Tommy, he's a
0: dud, <laughs> I'm on board, so just if we hashtag it, I think we'll be right. Uh, we're advertising for an opportunity to join the team at ozf one uh, join our Discord, <laughs> and you can put your best foot forward. Campy and I will listen mm. to your audition tapes later. <laughs> um, you work, mate, you we're back in Barcelona, and to be honest, it wasn't a track that I was very much looking forward to, but qualifying did not disappoint for my heart rate this time around.
1: Oh, Quality was excellent, wasn't it? Jeez, this is why we love this sport. Um, oh, excitement on track everywhere, stuff happening off track. Um, some great storylines to play in 2-2. you got Danny Rick under a bit of pressure from his teammate coming out performing. Hamilton hasn't qualified as strongly as he has in previous years, came out and floored it. Max Verstappen shit the bed, in my opinion. Yeah. Should have had a lockdown on it. Um, Perez getting better and better, but failing once again. It's uh, heaps of storylines, but it's great. Um, yeah, just love it. It's, just, uh, it's what we do, right? It's awesome. <laughs> love it.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. Before we talk about the race, though, there's been a couple of things that have happened between last weekend to this weekend. And, Campy, the first thing that I want to talk about is probably the best news story out of Formula One I think I've ever heard. It's Roman Grosjean testing, effectively, oh, or driving this W10 Mercedes, a 2019 championship winning car around Paul Ricard.
1: Well, it is, for me, it is a feel-good story of the week. Um it's token for Toto to say something after a crash like Rojan had last year and say, oh, we'll give him a drive. We don't want that to be his last memory in Formula 1. But for them to actually back it up and go, no, we're actually going to organise it at great expense because it costs, I'm sure it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to get staff there, to rent the track for a day, transportation in the cars. It's like a mini race weekend. Just on the word of one guy say I'm going to do it. I think it's excellent. It's great for uh, Roman. Um, as we've said before, he was a very competent driver in Formula 1. You look at his Lotus days when he's consistently getting podiums, his teammates with Kimi Rikenden. um That was the stage in his career where he had the chance to jump to a top team and it just never eventuated for him. So he jumped over to Haas and he spent five years there as a back dweller, which that car did not rate the performance that 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 guy could put behind a steering wheel. Um, so, anyway, stories, great news story. Love to see it, love to hear it. Um, hopefully we get some on-track action of it. It's televised somewhat so we can look at the times, but it'd be great for him to drive a world championship winning car to see what he's missed out on. And, um, you know, it could potentially not be the end of his career. He could well, set I- some times alight and they go, geez, actually, you know, and he may get a – it may be that someone in the merk. Gets COVID for the weekend, and he steps up right after the test, and yeah oh, be a great story. But
0: well, what, one thing know. for sure is Stoffel Van Dorn won't get the call. Um I will. <laughs> I will say though, it is. Uh, it is actually at the French Grand Prix, so there's no hiring of tracks or anything. Oh, it's, is it? It's, it's yeah. It's, it's him driving after the um, actual after the race. So it's right. it's a double win for Toto. It's a good news story and ma- a bit of marketing for him and you know, Roman gets to drive his home race in in a car that is going to be amazing for him.
1: Uh, awesome. He's been doing quite well in IndyCar as well.
0: He has. And as you say, Grosjean is, is not a terrible driver. And yes, Haas have been floating at the back, but don't forget about 2019 and even, sorry, in 2018 uh, and Haas's performance in Australia. Like if it wasn't for those mechanics, they were up top six.
1: Yeah. Well, the first, three years in the points they were consistently the first or second car in that midfield group which was um, which is great result for them unfortunately they just dropped you know they peaked in their first year and just slowly declined from then on but you're right Melbourne two years in a row four pit stops consecutively you know stuffed up the wheel same tire's it's, it's unacceptable and it's a shame to see but they would have gone on to have great results in those two races if it wasn't for those you know, it's outside the driver's control, right?
0: Yeah, and it reiterates just how much of this is a team sport, doesn't it? it it's not just the the single guy in the cockpit. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about another interesting news story as well. Red Bull obviously having to take over their own power unit development for next year. Yeah. And uh, they approached apparently about 100 Mercedes staff to convince them to come across to the Red Bull engine department and apparently has scored 15 of them. Helmut Marco has said that uh, Merck have doubled some salaries of some people in the engineering department to keep them there. Um, and for those obviously who weren't totally loyal and wanted to leave, uh, apparently some of them were asking for triple and that Toto Wolf is at some point's got to go, yeah, it's just not worth doing that. Yeah.
1: Well, look, you go to a job to earn to earn money, right? And uh, mm. <laughs> If, if a team like Red Bull's come in, who has plenty of it, might I add, um, is offering you some cash. I don't like it from an optics standpoint. I just don't think it's good business. Um, yeah. Then again, I understand the decision. Why would you go and get a Ferrari engine um, engine designer <laughs> or, or a Renault, Renault engine Renault. designer? <laughs> You're going to look to the people that have proven on track for the last eight years that they know more and can do a better job than anyone else now. Um, but it just doesn't look good. Oh, we went to a hundred of their staff. It's a bit different going to 10% of the staff and picking out the ones that they'd sit down on paper and look at and go, these people will best suit our organization from the information we have. Then going and having a chat behind them, behind closed doors, it happens all the time. And that's a nice way to do it, but offering a hundred jobs to a hundred staff members, it's Jeez, it's got to be Helmut Marco's doing. I I mean, we whinge about Christian Horner and the way he handles politics sometimes, but I can't see him doing that. I think that's totally Helmut Marco.
0: Yeah, and I've said many times, I'm not really sure why he's in the sport anymore and his opinion is like irrelevant most of the time. But if he's successful in this, right, um, as you say, I think it's well done by him because you want to be looking at the best winning team and the most reliable power unit provider, and that is Mercedes, without a shadow of a doubt. Yep. Uh, Okay. Um, The the last thing that I wanted to talk about was turn 10 has been changed, which means there's now basically no turn 11 in Spain, Barcelona. Um, I think this is pretty much for MotoGP. Campy, you're a MotoGP nut. Does does that Um, sort of tie in?
1: I wouldn't say I'm a nut. I, uh, I watch the races. I can't watch qualifying and practices. but uh,
0: <laughs> I, And I only
1: watch the races if they're on before the F1s as well. So I'm not a nut, but I do okay. enjoy it. Um, it's not good for It's not good for Formula 1. Um, it's uh, We've lost a passing place in Barcelona, of which there's really only one um, or two. Um, just the nature of the track, uh, the speeds and the down forces that generate it's really hard to follow. Um, So it's a shame But uh, the driving style Practice one and two Brundle was down there And he was talking about the driving style They actually brake really late And trail brake almost to the apex of the corner and then get on the gas hard once they hit the apex So it's not like you would normally do all your braking and slowing down Before you actually hit the turner, uh, hit the corner Then turn in and get on the gas right the way through it These guys are actually braking late right into the, the middle central point of the corner And then getting on the gas and using all the road um, We could see some Danny Rick dive bombs He may be the only person capable of getting passes down there But it's a bit of a shame I, They should have fixed the chicane at the end that chicane is the worst chicane on the calendar, in my opinion. And, but I can sort of understand why they did it for MotoGP.
0: Yeah, I look. I think you're right. That that chicane is is terrible, and it's part of the reason why I don't like this track very yeah. much at all. Um, but the other big thing to note about that specific section, and, and something that we saw really in a lot of practice, is that it just that's a very green bit of track. Uh, in amongst a very not green circuit so they're getting yeah. very squirrely through there.
1: Yeah, I, I don't mind that. I don't I don't mind that puts pressures on drivers in a race and qualifying um, arena that they've got to perform. I'd throw challenges at these guys and they'll deal with it. Um, we might not see how technical they have to drive in order to get through it on camera, but I mean the more challenges for these drivers the better because the more they're going to make more mistakes. We saw it particularly in um, round uh, two in Italy um, how tight and technical the track was. How many mistakes actually happened? Thrown in a bit of rain, uh, which is we haven't seen. We haven't seen that many mistakes in the last five or six years, just because of the cars and how they drive. So I think
0: it's good for the sport. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> it, it is good. Uh, okay, let's move on to practice. And uh, Nikita <laughs> has a spin. Does not fail to disappoint. Uh, Campy, before we started recording, I, I spoke to you about uh, Lachlan, who, who sent us a DM through Instagram. Yeah. So, Lachlan, if you're listening, thank you for doing that and pointing this out. Uh, this is this is great. He uh, he leads with wanting to get some opinions on the grid potato, which is great because <laughs> that's exactly what it is. But basically, he sent through an article, uh, and I hadn't realized this, that Mazepin actually tested with Mercedes uh, in Barcelona in 2019 and he was fastest in the first test. So Lachlan was basically saying there's obviously some skill there for Nikita, uh, especially to be competing against other full-time drivers in that test at the time. But because of how good the car is, is this an indication that Lewis Hamilton isn't that great if people like Nikita can be doing fastest times around a track like Barcelona um, and I sort of said, well, yes, look look at the Sakir Grand Prix and George Russell, and that was a good indicator. But I think Lewis Hamilton's race pace and ability to respond to different things that come up to him is an incredible opportunity to see just how good a driver he is. But what do you think, Campy? Um,
1: there's an element of truth to it, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Um, the cream always rises to the top, and the best drivers always get the best Cars, that's just how it happens. There's some unlucky people like Nico Hulkenbergs that never get the shot. Um, so there is an element and there is a kernel of truth to it. Mazepin, at the moment, he might have drove really well that day in that Mercedes in that car, which was dominating everyone, you know, a second better than everyone in qualifying. So, you would expect that when you are testing, even there is a gap to full time drivers, that he would be able to extract some time out of that car. Better than uh, The other people on track Whether it's relative or not We don't know We don't know what Settings they're running in the car We don't know what um, What other teams were doing Obviously the kid can drive Because he's in F1 But Let's look at what we know And the facts at the moment He's driving in F1 at the moment And we're in the fourth race Of the season now, And he's done nothing He's been at every chance And every opportunity he's got Maybe in a dud car, but you have to make you have you have to make the most of your opportunities in the sport. And uh, I think we're too kind on drivers. I think we need to throw the axe at them quickly because uh, there's a hell of a lot of talent out there that people are actually going to step up and make a big difference when they get their chance. Um, I mean, look, guys like Callum Ilot I think he deserves a chance before Mazepin. Um But to spin. Every weekend, and then come out in the fourth race and spend two minutes into practice one. <laughs> that is, that is that is just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Mister Dave Munos did a uh, had I had a chat to him on Discord on Friday night, and um, he was saying he was asking the question: Does this guys? Like ego or his confidence, self-confidence diminish at some stage because now he's he's been bought up in an environment in which he's dominated racing because he can drive. He's dominated categories, money. He's bought a lot of that as well. But he's he's done it. He's done enough to at least reach the F2 grid and be, can be competitive. But now we're putting him in the big boys' class and he's failing. What happens to his confidence and and? Uh, <sighs> You know, I, I, for me, I, I struggle with what it would be like to be on a global stage like that and perform that badly <laughs> every time out on track, and have it not affect your psyche going into racing. What do you reckon, Jim? Yeah, I, I mean, like everyone's got a fond opinion, of, fond opinion <laughs> of your fine
0: self. How do you operate, man? <laughs> Uh, just sheer ignorance, mate. Just <laughs> yeah. operate in my own little kingdom where I yeah. think I am the best, uh, which I got that from you. Um, I made that joke as well. <laughs>
1: like, you guys give me shit all the time and <laughs> yeah. I still talk shit on the podcast. So, yeah, but it's, No, but it is different. It, it, you
0: know. I think you're right though. Like, uh, Even if you are the Oz F1 potato, being the F1 potato is very difficult probably to manage, but there has to be an element of you know, he brought a lot of the crap on himself before he even stepped into a car. So he put it that all of the fans, you know, off-site, especially coming out of a we Races 1, all of the Formula 1 political stuff that was going on, like, it just wasn't good. Um, but my main thing for him is Mick Schumacher, whilst he has the, the most loving race engineer in the entire world, and I still am waiting for a story to be read for me to fall asleep to by, by that guy. Um, in this instance... You know he's seven one of a, sorry, seven tenths, sorry, behind Mick Schumacher, and he's a second behind Räikkönen almost, in seventeenth to twentieth. So yep. this this opportunity that he's got now, look, as you say, there's talent there from the Mercedes test. He can obviously drive a Formula One car. He could drive a F2 car, uh, and yes, in the same vein as Grosjean, he will struggle because the car is not well put together. But at least Grosjean, you know, had the ability to, to sort of punch up a higher team earlier on. And, um, you know, in terms of looking at, unfortunately, Williams and George Russell is sort of fighting down that backpack now yeah. where his yeah. compatriots of the rookie season are, <laughs> let's just have a look, Norris is ninth, uh, Leclerc <laughs> is fourth. You know, he's he's really right down the back compared to them. Anyway, but I think Mick, Mick Schumacher is proving that Mazisbin is just not being able to put it together. And yeah, that will be affecting his mental health. But as we learnt from Michael Italiano, that's also comes back down to who Mazepin is surrounding himself with. Um, his performance yep. coach and, you know, Gunter, uh, who spoke yeah. on the marbles um, with DC and sort of saying, you know, it's my job to try and prepare them for Formula One next steps uh, and, yeah. and, and coaching them through that. So I just don't think he's responding very well to... To any of that is my yep. answer, um, and he kind of has to ignore everyone else and just focus on himself for for the next little while.
1: Yeah, it's good for Mick Schumacher too, right? Oh yeah, because he's like, how is this first year in F1 being compared to a teammate? And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to generate headlines for results because my car's not there, but comparable to my teammate, I'm dominating him. And in F1, if you dominate your teammate, that will get you your next year's drive. It'll get you in your next contract, into your next and better team. So it's only working for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think, and especially when the gap is so big, so quickly. And you know, he's yeah. up fighting towards. And we said this last weekend, fighting towards Latifi. And he's a full minute ahead of of Mazepin in in race pace when the car is not that much faster. Anyway, it's. Interesting to see, but thank you, Lachlan, for, for writing in. That was yeah. It's a great little point, and Dave Munnis for just being an all round good bloke all the time, uh, who will probably be the first person to listen to this podcast as well. So, hello, Dave. Thank you for listening. Cheers, mate. <laughs> all right, Can let's we talk... talk... We haven't got this on the notes. Can we talk about Mr. Doohan? Yes, go... I was going to say, because Look F3 that, also has started uh, for this year, so I didn't watch the race camp. He talk us through what Mick Doohan is doing. Jack Doohan, sorry. So, doing. <laughs>
1: Mick Doohan is doing... He's... <laughs> He's changed teams. Um, He's gone from Racelab Technologies last year, I think it's Racelab, to Trident this year. Uh He did a test with them at the end of last year and he really gelled with the car. He got some super results on the test. Um, But this year, first qualifying session, he had it until the last minute. He had pole until the last minute. Um, And he just got pipped. Now, that's secured in my – now, I'm not up on the – I'm not up on the rules, but it secured pole for the second race, I believe. That was last night, and I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know that result. But in race one, I believe he would have started from 14th because of that. So the top 12 are in reverse grid order, so he would have started 11th. But he was somewhere in that uh, – I think he finished 17th in the end. Um, didn't make some passes. I think he got a bad start, and he just dropped right back. Couldn't really make the passes. But – Compared to his season last year, which was an absolute stinker, <laughs> and look, got to be honest about it, it was rubbish. He didn't perform anywhere near where he should have been for that Red Bull helmet on him and that mm-hmm. sponsorship. But for him to come here week one this year, put him on pole until the last, you know, after the chequered flag's gone and then someone pipped him by six one-thousandths of a second, uh, that's good. So I, I will watch race two. Today at some stage, and uh, we'll
0: have a chat about that
1: tomorrow morning post race, and we'll we'll dissect his uh, his second year in F uh, F three.
0: Yeah, and F three is mega racing as always. Oh. Uh, that if you you know we said this last year, if you're getting bored of Formula One, Formula Two, and Formula Three is some of the best racing, and obviously we kept a close eye on F three because yeah. of people like Oscar Piastri, Jack Doohan, Callan Williams. Um really great, great racing from Aussies there. So I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that Jack is doing something. <laughs> yeah.
1: Our big names in this class too. We've got uh, Mr. David Schumacher, son, yes. uh, son of son Ralph. Um, uh, Arthur Leclerc, Charles, mm. Charles Leclerc's little brother. He's in that top team, that Brumac team as well. So uh, it could be an interesting year. Some big names. Um, it'll be good. I think F2 is a championship that I will – concentrate on our lot because we've oh, yeah. got some very serious hours invested into Oscar Piastri in the future. Yes, Cause That guy is a budding superstar and he's the real deal. Um, but it seems so long ago since race one and we had the first F2 calendar to wait three races to get back for F3's first weekend. Um, so much for more racing this year for these two yeah. categories and the way they change it. I don't like it. I don't no. love it. But I can understand why they're doing what they're doing. So um, yeah, we'll watch that closely and
0: yeah, looking forward to it, opinion. mate. Looking yeah. forward to it. All right, let's actually talk about qualifying. Um, Yuki Tsunoda <laughs> he is not someone who holds back. I feel like maybe, Campy, you have been in contact with Yuki. And this is how to operate in the grid in front of a microphone, Yuki. Do this. He cuts sick on the team, basically saying, uh, look, I don't think I've got the same car as Gasly, and Gasly's getting all the attention over me, which Jensen Button was like, well, he's going to get punished for that.
1: <laughs> Welcome to F1, mate. Um, Welcome to F1 Uh, You've got an opportunity I like it, he's speaking his mind though Because as a competitor and as an athlete He's scratching his head, he's going I am using all my wealth of experience And knowledge and talent To extract the most out of this car And I feel like I'm doing that but it's not good enough and I've been now I'm starting to question myself behind closed doors and obviously publicly, well the issue is not me, clearly, the issue is my car. <laughs> so why haven't I got the same car as my teammate? No, but these are the this is the mentality of these guys. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that he's showing some personality too, because we don't see that from races like that interview with George Russell and Lando Norris oh, last weekend. Yeah. At least we get to see it from New You know, he's Japanese, so he's—I mean—culturally, they're a bit out there and they're a bit different to what we're used to over here in the Soviet South. But um, <laughs> and in Australia, no, it's just—it's just different personalities. But I like the way that he's standing up for himself. I like the personality he's showing and. The fans love it. He's becoming a fan favorite pretty quickly because his language is excellent too. <laughs> um, but it's but it's a bit like watching Drive to Survive throughout the year. We we're seeing the human the humanity come out. Mm. Um, I, I think you'll get a strong talking to behind closed doors but you can't do this you can't say this you can't do that we've given you enough media training you'll probably say ah oh, my English is not that great I can't <laughs> fully understand you uh, well that would be the excuse you'll use because you know it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek but it's but it is a it's probably tactical too it's a bit of a uh a bit of a thumb at the team too. It's like, well, all your effort's into Gasly. We're, why isn't a lot of your effort going into me? And he probably sees that within the garage and the team structures too. Um, it's just normal coming into F1. Mark Webber saw it when he was the second driver in the top team oh, winning yeah. world championships. It's natural that people go towards the person who is winning and driving better
0: and quicker. So um well, Lee, he's already, seen, already he's taken to Twitter seven hours ago. I wanted to apologise for my comments today. I didn't mean to <laughs> criticise the team who have done a great job all weekend. I was just frustrated with my performance. Full send tomorrow, rocket emoji. Uh, I don't think. I mean, obviously, he's been forced to apologise. That's not him doing <laughs> that off his own bat. But I actually think you're right because these guys are at always like trying to get one up on their teammate. We've said time and time again, this is where you see your pace relative to your teammate while we've been con- so a little bit concerned, I suppose, with Danny Rick, but for him to get out there and, you know, yes, his English was a little broken when the question was asked, but, like, as he kept, was still talking, I was like, this is amazing content. What a, oh. what, what, how, what a superstar. <laughs> Never change. Please remain uh, like this. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And But as commentators ourselves or social commentators somewhat, Jim... Would we give the same slack to Mazepin if he said the same thing or Esteban Ocon? <laughs> no,
0: it's, yeah. it's definitely based on who we like, obviously. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, which is, I mean,
1: maybe we, maybe we need to grow a Spawn Jim, and have the same standards for everyone. It's not going to happen. I not refuse. Here, not here anyway. <laughs> not but this it's joke. funny coming from Yuki because, you know, there's always a bit of tongue-in-cheek to it. And uh,
0: he's so little. He's just uh, so short.
1: He's not the short man that mouths off at everybody, so you give him a pass, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one in every friendship group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he gets the pass because of that. So
0: Yeah, it's um, it's very funny. And look, I, I watching it this morning, I was like, that is so great. I'm so glad. And even Jensen Button being able to, to talk about it as well. I was like, I'm glad JB's back on this broadcast. Yeah. Made it a little bit better. All right, let's talk about Danny Rick Campy because uh, I was scratching my head whilst watching uh, qualifying real- when the checkered flag came up next- against his name for the second run in Q3. Uh, turns out he... Uh, I act- And I said afterwards, wow, that was lucky. Good strategy call by McLaren. Uh, that wasn't the case at all. Turns out that uh, he left with about 1 minute 20 seconds to go, left the box. Tom... Uh, his race engineer had said he got heaps of time, don't worry about it, heaps of time. And then Daniel Rick saying, Tom, I think I'm not going to have lots of time because cars are backing up because he came out last in the procession of those 10 cars. And sure enough, he missed the flag by a second. So he did go across the line. He pushed with about seven seconds to go coming through that chicane and he missed it by a second.
1: Would he, I can't remember, I'm just thinking back, did he improve his time on his second lap? Although it was... Delusion. Well, no,
0: he he wasn't able to do it. So, yes. But that's, if, if yeah. we look at everyone else, Campy, uh, it was a good call because no one really improved yeah, in no, the you're second, right. second one. You're right.
1: Now, look, uh, I think Danny Rick's turned a page on this car. I think there's a hell of a lot more pace to extract out of it. But um, we've said all along about Danny Rick that he builds up to his qualifying lap all weekend. He's not the guy that's going to come out and set the times alight practice one, two, three. He's experienced enough that he's got a role in that team where he's the lead driver, so he has to take responsibility for more testing and more race prep in the practice sessions than, than what Lando is, um, and he's trying to develop the car in which, to the way he wants it to drive as well. So there's extra work he's putting in. So he's always going build, to uh, build up to his qualifying lap and put it together in Q3. And he's done it every race so far this year. Um, It's been his best time all weekend. Um, I think there's still a hell of a lot more pace in the car, which has shown at times. But um, McLaren haven't been as dominant as they have been in the midfield as they have been for the last three races. So the first three races. So this is the first one where it's a bit tighter where I think Ferrari's got the edge. But um, Danny Rick, Contra, professional. Again, he's just he's getting those results in. We were I was bloody nervous after week two after race two. I was like, geez, this deficit may be too big to drag back over the space of the season. But two races later Here he is. last week he nailed the uh he, he nailed the race price aspect, didn't get qualifying right. This week beats his teammate comfortably and I don't think Lando is happy overly happy with his lap, but his best lap came in Q one of all places. So um yeah. I mean, they're extracting a lot out of this car and they are driving on the limit more. And I think as the season goes on, Danny Rick is going to grab that team by the scruff of the neck and take it where he wants to take it and make Lando look second rate, which I've predicted all along. Just yes, hasn't happened as quick it. as I thought it would happen.
0: <laughs> I think you're not alone in saying that many people saying the same thing, but... Again, he's got a good team around him. And there were updates brought to the car this weekend as well, apparently, um, that they were taking some getting used to. So, step by step, Danny Rick is going to get a car that suits him better. But, as we've said, it's not really about this year, is it, Campy? Because he's not winning a world championship in 2021. It's all about 2022. And, and beyond. Uh, and, but if they're going to be able to carry that kind of pace this year, and we see the sector times, like he was fastest in sector one through qualifying. So yep. uh, looking at that going forward is only good things for the Papaya, which is good news for us. Uh, yep. Lewis Hamilton, mate. 100 poles. what a That's an absolute mega achievement.
1: Mate, the guy is a superstar. And we, we are never critical of this guy's driving ability. No, never. never. Because... We've seen this year. It's been the closest it's been for a long time in this sport between him and Max Verstappen. With three races in, he's 69 points out of a possible 78. So that tells you how good and competitive the guy is, and he's made some mistakes in the races. He's got lucky, uh, particularly in Italy uh, in race two. Um, But a consummate professional. I think he'll get the job done tomorrow. I think Mercedes is Further ahead than Red Bull, than we even thought last week. Yeah, they are still the better car in the grid, not by much, but way better. And with Lewis Hamilton behind the wheel, they're going to win seven times out of ten. Yep, uh, Bottas has been excellent all weekend too. I might add. Um, he just didn't, again, just didn't put it together in quali. Yep. Although he wasn't, he wasn't far off. He really wasn't far off. Um, and to even be a tenth within a tenth of Lewis Hamilton qualifying is. Mate, uh, he's the only one in the world that's not, you know, patting himself on the back saying you're doing a good job. Because yeah. if you're a tenth within, within a tenth of Lewis Hamilton in qualifying and consistently beating him throughout the year, you're a contrament professional and you are top of the 1% of the 1%, really.
0: Maybe it's a good thing that he's not on pole because it hasn't worked for him going from the, the start. Yeah. You know, he's in third, so he's on the clean side of the track behind Lewis. Uh, that might proved to be okay if, if Lewis and Max fight tomorrow morning, um, you know, to a point where they're sort of focused on each other, VB could send it around the outside into one, which would be uh, be interesting to see. Okay, let's yep. look at um, Charles and, and Ferrari's uh, pace going forward. Uh, and you mentioned this with Danny Rick. They really are pushing the McLarens. They're a lot faster this, this year than I thought they would be campy.
1: Yeah, Charles is good, mate. Yeah. Um Qualified P4 for the third time this year. Um, I think their race pace, they'll drop back a bit. They're definitely quicker over one lap than they are in their race pace, but oh, it's good for him. He's driving He's driving well. And um, Carlos didn't put it together in quality. Mm. Bit of a shame. Um, yeah. In
0: saying that, though, he was only 10th behind, like yeah. li- literally. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing.
1: 10th is nothing. Like we're talking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting to see if he can hold that pace and be if that Ferrari can be the, the third best car on the grid this weekend and get a fourth and fifth place for him and his teammate. Um, again, we're not too sure. This this track seems to suit them more than what uh, the previous tracks have as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, good point. But also, if you look at who's starting on the clean side of the track, it's Hamilton, Bottas, Ocon, Ricardo, Norris. And the dirty side is Verstappen, Leclerc, Sainz, Perez, Alonso. So I think maybe Ferrari are focusing, maybe doing the Williams thing, focusing a little more on qualifying at the moment than actual race day pace. Uh, But certainly, if it's anything like last weekend, the the fight between the red and the papaya will be what is sort of focused on and Red Bull and and Mercedes will be fighting in their own battle up the front. Yep. Uh, Ocon was a bit surprising in P5 that Alpine they've managed to put something together and uh, even Fernando Alonso was in uh, P5 and FP2 the, the car is looking better put together there'll be some people can't be saying oh Daniel Ricciardo's left a team that's pushing towards the front which they'll be incorrect in saying uh, but what, what are your thoughts on how Alpine are going and Ocon specifically outperforming Alonso
1: it uh, yeah that that for me is uh, the most interesting storyline um, I would have thought Alonso spanked him. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show how good some of those drivers actually are. Um, I'll give Ocon some credit. He's done really well over the last two race weekends. Um it's particularly qualifying. I mean, but we shouldn't be surprised because that Alpine went through a – or Renault last year went through a purple patch. And, you know, they were the best team. They were the third best car on the grid by a long way. Mm. Um, it's early on where they – didn't bank points early enough to get that third place in the constructors, but they were very good last year. And Danny Rick put that car in places that it shouldn't have been, so it's not surprising that they're in the same place now. The thing I do look at and go, geez, if Danny Rick was two tenths quicker than Knock on consistently and more last year, where would Danny Rick be in that car this year? And we'd be, you know, it's hypothetical and if or buts, but we would be, would be bloody chomping at the bit for tonight's race because we know on the on the hard tyres they've got some superb pace at the back end of the race, and we saw that last year too and last week. So, you know, we could say surprise surprise result for uh, Alpine this weekend.
0: Yeah, and look, I really hope, though, Alonso can start putting it together because I don't like how far behind Ocon he seems to be. Ah,
1: he's fine, mate. Two-time world champion, superstar. He'll, he'll be awesome. There it goes. He's awesome. There it goes. He's awesome. Uh, Sergio Perez
0: was a bit disappointing this weekend. Uh, apparently, he's had a shoulder injury, though, and, and his team are working on that. But uh, to be qualifying yeah. in eighth, um, it was a significant almost – well, it was a full second behind Max a, at the end of it. Uh, and he made that mistake as well, spinning off, yeah. the, the turning in and going into the chicane and dipping his rear left into the gravel and spinning out. Mm, he needs to be doing better than this, doesn't he?
1: He does. He does because now we're having the same conversations that we've had about the Red Bull second driver for the last two years and we're starting to have it about Perez. You've got to perform. He has. He will make his way through the pack and he'll probably finish fourth tonight. So that's what he needs to do at a bare minimum. What Red Bull need out of him is to qualify well so that in a race scenario they can use Perez as a pawn, in order to get mm. Max to jump some positions if that's what need, or as a rear gunner to hold them back and slow them down so that he can extract more out of the lead. But they're not getting Red Bull, aren't getting out of that of their drivers. Um, then again, his is as good as we think he is? It's a tough one, but he's he's been public about driving he's driving this car as well he came out last weekend and said I'm doing everything that I can to try and extract some pace out of this car but nothing that I know is working so he's going back to the drawing board to try and figure it out so um, maybe this car is just So good for Max Verstappen in his unique driving style that if Max went somewhere else, he might struggle.
0: Well, and I was going to actually say that exact point. This is a car that has been built up around Daniel Ricciardo and Max Verstappen. Look, you know, this is turbo hybrid era sort of stuff. Just after Seb left, this is the direction that they've gone in and they've kept that high rake. Adrian Newey's designed a wonderful car. And obviously we knew that, Daniel could drive that because that was at the beginning of the turbo hybrid era. They were both developing the car together. Yes, the issues that came up with, with Max and Daniel, but as soon as Daniel stepped out, we've seen issues the entire time. And, and also, you know, the, the same with Daniel now at the McLaren. He's still figuring out how to drive the car like Sergio is trying to figure out how to drive the Red Bull. I And look, I think, honestly, the only person who's doing really well who's changed teams is Carlos Sainz.
1: Yeah, but even... He- He's struggling at the moment, and, uh, well, that's
0: my point. And even he's struggling.
1: <coughs> yeah, uh, Vettel's struggling too. So
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Seb, at least he got out of Q one. Well done, Seb. That's good. It's just like it's just a repeat, though, of where he was in Ferrari last year. Is all I'm seeing. You know, the sort of similar positions. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And it's disappointing, to be honest. But anyway, it is what it is. All right, let's talk about what we're going to be watching for in the race tonight. Uh, not a super late one, thank goodness for that, Campy, oh so we don't have to God. be up at stupid o'clock in the morning. Um,
1: I'm actually going to a friend's house to watch it, Ooh. so it'll be good. Ooh. A few beers.
0: I like that. That is exciting.
1: Mr. Dave Brown, you strange human being.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll
1: be good to hang out with you, mate. Oh, there
0: you go. <laughs> a pre-shout-out a couple of hours ahead of the race. Yeah. Um, Hamilton really – look – track position, and Martin Brundle said his track position at Barcelona is almost as important as Monaco, statistically, because of where you put it. Generally, <sighs> you will win from pole, and uh, it's probably going to be the case today. Campy, in terms of his pace off the line, if he gets ahead, do you think we'll just see him stay ahead for the rest of the race?
1: Uh, yeah, I think he controls it pretty well, but there could be an issue between him and Max in the first two corners, the one, two, and three, and then up to four, where Lewis and... Um, Rosberg fame had that famous crash years ago. Um, I, I yeah, that's what I'd be expecting. I'd be expecting an incident on light one between the top cars.
0: Yeah, and Mazepin, <coughs> um, of course, spinning at some point at the back. Well, he will. Yep, He'll be good. <laughs>
1: uh, Danny Rick's first thirty to forty seconds will be. That's what I'll be watching for. Yeah, um, I won't know what's going on at the start. <laughs> I'll be watching, you know, four or five places behind to see what sort of jump he gets. Uh yeah I think I think we're in for a big Daniel Ricciardo result tonight. Yes. Uh, this track owes him one too if you think back oh, to Max yeah. Verstappen's first win for Red Bull in his first race at Red Bull in 2016. Daniel was actually in front on track and uh they split the strategies and um uh the strategy didn't work out for DR, but it worked out for Max Verstappen and he got the better end of it. But he was in front of him on track. So this this circuit does owe Danny Rick one, in my opinion. So hopefully it's tonight. That'd be great.
0: Well, and especially if something goes on in the first two cars on the grid, it gives it an opportunity <coughs> for VB and uh, the Ferraris and even Perez. Perez needs to move forward quickly, doesn't he, to be able to add some kind of value to what's going on for, for Red Bull's opportunity for strategy. Um, and he's gonna struggle with Danny Rick and Carlos and Ocon and Charles Leclerc ahead of him between the Mercedes. Uh, yeah. What realistically for Perez, what do you think he's able to get?
1: Oh, fourth. He'll be wanting fourth. Yep. That car's still got pace in it. He'll be able to you know, he'll be able to pass along the straight down in turn one. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be right. He'll be good.
0: And in terms of Ferrari v McLaren, obviously the Ferraris are ahead, but we know that race pace at Danny Rick is good. But also Lando Norris's race pace is really significantly good now, don't you think?
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, He's been the better driver on race day of those two all year. So um, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That'll That'll be the play out. But I think Alpine will throw one in the mix there. I think Ocon will disrupt that pecking order. Some stage, if he could get a start and get past Leclerc, then he's in prime position to get a result for that team.
0: Um,
1: but my rough is, I think Giovinazzi will get some points tonight. Yeah, qualified quite well. So, um.
0: well, I'm hoping to see Fernando in a top six position. To be perfectly honest, so long as yep. Daniel Ricciardo's ahead of him, <laughs> I don't yep, care where yep. everyone else is. But uh, it'd be good to see Nando get closer towards the top because he deserves that kind of that that kind of position and points for the team too.
1: I think uh, Lewis will die into turn one as well.
0: When I, <laughs> there it is. when I
1: say die, he'll get taken out from behind and just go into that gravel trap. That'll be awesome and to see.
0: See you later. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, Charles, if you'd like to volunteer as tribute, <laughs> we're waiting bring for back,
1: him. Bring back Kiviat.
0: <laughs> yeah, where is he? Now he's on television with Will Buxton. That was bizarre to watch last time around. Uh,
1: Does he interview Max
0: or what? Oh, God, we should. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> Pete, just talking about what uh, the kid's up to over the weekend. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. can uh, That's pre-drinks ahead of Bath, Love that. Uh, love talking to water. you. Hey, if you're interested in joining us for the race, jump across to our Discord channel. You can find the link in the description below. And a big shout-out to our Discord fam because we bloody love chatting in there. It is... Is it a wonderful community that's also talking about MotoGP yeah. and talking about other F1 YouTubers are in there as well? Uh, it's awesome. So you, you're missing out if you're not part of it. But uh, Campy, yep. thanks to you. Really looking forward to uh, doing this. And hello, Tommy T, for listening. Um, you'll be absent again, of course, for the race review, which means Campy and I. This will be the best race review we've done all year.
1: Can't wait, that'll be good mate Love it mate It's good to spend some time with you too mate One on one There we go (laughs) See your pretty face
0: You get to listen to our uh, couples counselling session (laughs) Is basically what this is It's just we're healing Healing wounds that don't exist Alright mate Well all the best for uh, watching it with your friend um, And uh, and Dave I think his name was So uh, thanks to you again for listening And we'll see you in a couple of hours For our race review of the Barcelona Grand Prix Cheers